let CareerBuilder help you rehire fast. Post your next job with CareerBuilder and get an application rate that's nearly seven times higher than our competitors. CareerBuilder, we're building for you. Visit hiring.careerbuilder.com forward slash recruit. Oh, hello. Well, this is Mr. Burns. As Smithies, get me my favorite podcast on the line, will you? Mouse and Weens. <laughs> hello, you have reached Mouse and Weens podcast. This is episode 82 of season three. Today, we're going to talk about being frustrated as a mom with your kids and a crazy story that happened. We will also talk about near-death experiences. It sounds bad, but it's actually really interesting. And we'll get into some celebrity stories that go nowhere. They're the best. Please check out www.mouseandweens.com for our show notes. That's where we put all of our links. We also have a Patreon on which you can get these same episodes without ads. Uh, for a mere $5 a month. We do want to say thank you to all of our listeners. We love hearing back from you. We appreciate all the content that you're sending us. And just know that you are why we are doing this and we appreciate your support. All right, let's get started on this fun episode and we'll talk to you soon. Great. I am everyone. My name is Joelle. I'm Joe. I'm Mouse. I'm the mom one down in San Diego. Over there. I'm Weens and I'm over in Los Angeles. And I'm the single one in the film business, which is not happening at the moment. Yeah, nothing yet. What is the status? Uh, I don't know. I haven't really been paying attention except that I talked to my friend last night who is Scott Barron and he's a medic. And he's a writer, actually. Yes. Do you yell that every time you see him? (laughs) No. Who yells that? What does that mean? It's just in every movie. (laughs) Like someone gets hurt and you have to yell for a medic. I don't know. Really? Maybe that's just a me thing. Nobody does that. (laughs) No. And nobody says, you kept saying you confused my friend, Jennifer Martin, which uh, we just had on, (laughs) saying you wanted her to say Bacat because she's from Boston. And nobody understood what you were saying. You know, Barkat. Yeah. You were trying to make her say Barkart. I don't understand why nobody knows what that is. When I, we decorated our house and I was big into all the decorating magazines and everybody had a Barkart. They're very fancy little carts. You push your drinks around and your snifters and your ice holders and things like that. Bottles of gin so you can be very madmen. So bar cart. I thought everyone knew what a bar cart was. And that's the <laughs> that was perfect just really funny. <laughs> couple of words for her to say. So, yeah, sorry. Yes. Well, there you go. Yeah. I guess uh, in the upper echelons of the bar cart world, <laughs> you would know that a little more. No. Jen- I get it. And yes. <laughs> Keep going. I'll continue. I was, no, I was just going to say, Jen is uh, great for having done our, our podcast. And she followed up with some interesting stuff about uh the school thing which was nobody knows what's going on still i was just gonna Mm -hmm. finish with that because it was a big cliffhanger that she was going to go to the board meeting she was going to the board of education meeting and apparently 
Nobody knows anything. I think this is the same with the film business. To yeah. wrap up that, right. is people are trying and nobody seems to know what the heck to do. They're In the film business, they're throwing around the idea, apparently, that they want to do 10-hour days, which I doubt will really happen. What are the but days there's something now? called, you know, whatever. They want to film their average 15 to 16 hours, maybe, on most really? of the shows. Yeah. So they're calling for fewer hours. That's good. If they're actually going to do that, I doubt that they'll stick to it. They're claiming that that will help keep people less sick. Because mm-hmm. it's true. If you're sick, you show up to work. And if you don't, it's one of those. You have to be like on desk door to not mm. work. The film business is a giant machine. Yeah. So they don't like you to be sick. Anyway, I hope that's the case. And some films do it they call it french hours and you work less hours so 10 would be the time and then they deliver your lunches in little boxes and you eat on set Hmm. so you kind of eat while you're standing up kind of thing wow and you just push on through so you can go home earlier and i would rather have that than a one hour or half an hour break where you but that's the former buffet style will go away our craft service oof So all those people are going to have to think about getting new jobs. This is scary. Right. I know. You think about all the support that goes into it and not just yeah. the actors and the immediate crew. Right. That's just tough. everything. It's sad. All the mom and pops. And there's people who are buying houses. I just went to a little four-person, a little group of Friday night gang of four that we meet outside. We sit and we eat and... uh couple of the girls had friends that have just packed it all in and bought houses other places. Two bought one in Oregon and one bought one in Colorado. And people are just moving. Just so, up and leaving. I know. I'm hearing yeah. about that more and more, too. Yeah. Boy. In cities especially, yeah. It's crazy. Well, especially when, yeah, you're in a pandemic epicenter like L.A. or kind of anywhere in California, I guess, right now, right? Yeah. Everything's How's it feeling back there? Down. Does it... Does it feel fairly normal in a weird way where you are? Yeah, it's not the city. It does. It's like we've had, we did a distance baby shower. Everybody had their masks on and we did a little drive by. But then, you know, you you get a little loose and just kind of take off the masks and eat and drink a little bit and stand far away from each other. So that was going on. And then it does start to feel. Now, let me ask you a real question. Mm -hmm. Were you really social distancing or do you get pretty close anyway? How loose did you get? Well, I feel comfortable with this family, so we were close. And then the people who joined in would sit a bit away. But then it's also like... It's human nature to get close. That's just what I realized. You don't really... Like, we do sometimes a hike in the morning at 5 a.m. Good Lord. Yeah. I have only joined a few times. I know. It's crazy. So, and then everybody wears their masks. There's probably, you know, five people on average. And... Everyone tries to, but then you start, you know, you just end up getting closer as you're talking and Mm -hmm. you notice that you're close and you try to move away, but it's really hard to consciously stay that far apart. Yeah. I'll just say. Some people are really good at it. I do kind of just assume that if we're outside, the air and the wind is going to blow my particles away if there are any and just hope for the best. I know. I know. It's a tough thing to do. So I guess the best is just totally stay home but then you go crazy then there's the mental stuff so. i'm going a little crazy i must say I i'm getting to that point again i'm a little n- you're actually going more crazy than i am <laughs> and you have people around you've the other night when i called you you were 
going nuts. What <laughs> were you on? What was happening? It was a complete role reversal. You're like, Joel, focus. Just answer the question. What are you talking about? I was just... I was trying to ask you one question. We're going to have a wonderful interview coming up. Oh, I'm with... so excited about our interview. Okay, you explain what it is. Nellie Olson. <laughs> Nellie Olson from Little House on the Prairie, the character of Nellie Olson. Yes. Allison Arngram. It's Allison Arngram. She played Nellie Olson. And you know how I'm obsessed with my little house on the prairie. I didn't know this, but there's a term for people obsessed. They're called bonnet heads. I guess I'm oh, a bonnet wow. head. Did you know that? You're a bonnet head and a Coldplay <laughs> fanatic. But I was so excited. My friend Steve Peterson is amazing, and he is friends with Allison. So mm-hmm. he was the one that I said, do you think she'd do an interview? And she said, yes, and I'm so excited. I know. But what happened the other night is that I called Joelle, and I said, hey, her um, her public relations person, Harlan, called me and wanted to schedule a time. And I said, give me five minutes. Let me talk to Joelle Mouse. And I called you. And you were, like, talking about 20 other things. <laughs> I couldn't get you to focus. I'm like, just, I have to call him back in five minutes. Just can we settle on a date? In a time, it's like, what the hell are you focus? What are you doing? What was wrong with you? Nothing. I was still wrong don't know. With me. I was so excited to talk to an adult. I think Dave has been going back to work, and I'm home with the kids. And besides seeing my buddy Carla, she's our quarantine family bubble person. I really don't see a lot of adults. <laughs> I need to get out more. <laughs> You're I'm crazy. Sorry. It's happening. It is happening. I understand how people go crazy. I'm feeling it. Yeah. But yes. I, I pulled it together. We have a time and now we're all set up. So now we're going to do our proper research for the on, interview. Uh, we're going to record this on July 16th on next Thursday. So whatever date this is, it will come out, I don't know, a few days after. Yeah. So. Or we may bump this around. Who knows? Because we yeah. have a bunch of stuff lined up. I'm so excited. Yay. Yeah. Um, so that. What else is happening? Tell me about your life. Tell me about your craziness. Um, what do you want to discuss? <laughs> I would like to discuss the fact that um, my mom guilt is at level red right now. I'm feeling mm-hmm. so bad for being uh, somewhat inattentive. Although this week is better because the kids have camp. I did sign them up for outdoor camp. They're going on little sailboats and stuff in groups of five I feel like everything I have to qualify with how how distant we are we're doing it right everybody just so you know I know but anyway it's this aquatic center and they get to do stand-up paddleboard and catamaran sailing and little sailboat sailing it's cool um so cool kayaking I feel like that's safe right I mean gosh yeah I think so I think we have to get back to a chance some sort of life here so anyway this week is good they're finally active but all summer so far they've been playing on computers and just laying around watching tv and then i'm doing so much podcast stuff i'm trying to get us back on track and get more scheduled and weekly and it's just a lot of work and it's hard and dave has gone back to work because he focuses better there his office is real big and spaced out so he feels safe and anyway so i just had been having some crazy days so one day here's my big story we uh got invited charlotte got invited to go to a friend's birthday party at the beach it was her and one other little friend and 
I opted not to have her drive with the family to take her to the beach because it was still kind of like, if I have chances that I can keep her from breathing everybody's air, I will. So I'm like, I'll just, I'll drop her off at the beach and and then she can hang out with you from there. So we had a tight time. I'm like, okay, everybody get in the car. I was taking the boys to the beach too. We're going to be ready in the car at this time. I got to go do this thing. I'll be right back. And I came back. Nobody was ready. They were just like zombies sitting on their screens. It's crazy. So I'm starting to yell, you know, I'm like, we're going to be late. Get in the car. We finally are on our way to the car. Then they announced they forgot to eat first. They were supposed to have had lunch. This is what always happens with this little tinkaloos. I know. So they're, you know, 13 and 14. They can definitely make their own lunches. Charlotte's nine, but you know, she's even more responsible than they are. So we have to go through drive-thru. So we're going through drive-thru. I set one of the lemonades in the, on the middle console and then I drive off and I kind of, I think I assumed the kids had grabbed it and they hadn't. It slid right into my back seat and splooshed all over my car. Oh no. Huge, sticky, large, sticky lemonade. Yeah. All over my car. And I just cleaned it out. I was just getting it all nice and ready for my little driving. First world problems. I know. know. I'm just kidding. Yes, I know. But (laughs) can we all relate? Have you ever spilled anything and gotten really mad? No, it's the worst. Yes. And I was just kidding about that comment, but I I like to say it sometimes. Jeez. So cocky. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's the worst. Yeah. Terrible. So I should have just like been like, God, you know, say my swear word, move it along. What did I do? I turned around and I slapped Elliot's knee like really hard. Like Oof. it was his fault. And it wasn't his fault, but it was like this weird, quick reaction of like, you were supposed to have grabbed that. And he didn't, you know, and he, he watched mm-hmm. it fall. He was like, mom, the lemonade fell. But he just sat there and watched it instead of scooping mm-hmm. it up really fast. And I'm like, well, pick it up. And I slapped him. And then I felt really child bad. abuse. I know. Just kidding. God. <laughs> I'm just me. kidding. I'm sorry. I'm hot. I'm sitting up the wool blanket in like a 95 degree apartment. Oh. I had to turn off my air conditioning. First world problems. First world problems. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> just All kidding. Right, I'll give you that. Oh, so. Yes, then I'm feeling guilt. awful the whole way home or the whole way to the beach. Did he cry or? No, but he was pissed. And then we were just kind of going at it the whole time. And finally I calmed down and I said I was sorry. But then we got there and they were just, everyone was in a bad mood. It was just a whole bad thing. And I was like, we're not going to the beach. That's it. I'm taking you boys home. And I just decided and I marched Charlotte up to her little birthday party and was like, here, take her. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but mm-hmm. I was originally going to stay and just make it a day. And I didn't. I was just all heffy. It was stupid. So they, and then I agreed to have them take her home, which kind of doesn't make sense, but whatever. And then I changed my mind. We drove down the street a little ways. And then I, I'm like, okay, boys, we're already all the way out here. Go ahead. Let's go to the beach. So we went in the ocean, worked it out. Everybody had a better day. It was good. We got back in the car later. I'm driving home, right? Getting back on the freeway. Luckily, my hands were at 10 and 2. I'm in the right-hand lane about to get off on an exit. And up ahead of me, probably about three car lengths ahead of me, I see this long thing, you know, end over end, flying through the air. And couldn't really tell what it was. It almost looked like a little drone helicopter or something. Mm. And it was getting bigger and bigger. It was coming at me. It was a shovel that... (gasps) presumably fell off the back of a work truck 
and a car must have hit the tip you know when it's like sticking up like in those slapstick comedies and laurel and hardy step on it yeah it hits the guy uh and it was end over end flying at me just like in the movie was it twister when twister when the cow comes at the car windshield yeah it was coming right at me (laughs) bigger and bigger Oh no and it was like and in my head, this is it, like, like life slowed down for half a second. And I'm thinking, if I make a huge, you know, swerve the car to my right, I could hit a car next to me. I didn't know if I was clear uh-huh. or not. It could also send my big old suburban end over end, right? Rolling. You, yeah. yeah, rolling because it's so tall and I have to be careful. So somehow I kept my wits about me and I kind of like just slowly swerved out of the way. And it nicked the whole side of my car. No. Yeah, it went, you know, thump, thump, like hit my car. Ooh. But it would have hit me straight in the windshield, straight at my face. Holy crap. And Toby was in Joe. the front seat with me. Yeah. <gasps> so we barely, and oh. I looked at it later, and it must have been the wooden handle end that hit the car because it's like the tiniest little scratch that I think really? I can buff out. Yeah. And oh I my mean, gosh. it was so flipping scary. So. Whoa. It was the end of an like, awful day. What just happened? But it could have been worse. So, yeah. It was good. And Dave oh. was like, what's the car look like? What happened to the car? Oh, no. I was like, ah. I mean, I guess he knew I was fine because I was standing there telling him the story. But yeah. still, I'm like, come on. Don't I care know. about the car. It's such a dude thing it's to such say. such a dude thing. We just bought this car. <laughs> so I got it. Oh, no. Anyway, so that was my big uh, near-death experience. How about you? <laughs> That's one of those, this too shall pass. That was just a bad day altogether. Oh, my God. Totally. And then we started calling it, you know, Alexander and the Terrible, Awful, No Good, Very Bad Day, like the book or oh, the yeah. movie. That was ours. We were trying to name it appropriately. And yeah. So, but that's good. Because but you made it. Nothing compares to that awful day. And we're good. Yeah. So. That's perfect, Joe. You did it. <sighs> you made it out. Yes. And you're still friends with the kids. And you apologize to the son. Mm-hmm. Is that the mom guilt that you were feeling? Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's just being pent up with everybody and the slightest thing goes wrong and then you just fly off the handle and yeah, it doesn't feel good. I hate that. I just, I, I think it's also that I'm not working out like I should be. I fell off my uh, workout wagon with my gym closing and I thought yes. I could run and do all the things and I'm just not good at it without my little accountability system. And wow. so I'm kind of laying around and I'm enjoying sleeping in. It's great. But. I am uh, getting the little COVID chub going, so I'm starting to run again, and I'm starting to feel better. Yeah, it's just kind of like creeping up, you know, the waistline and the thick neck, (laughs) the old baskets, the old Michael Landon neck. No, I don't know. Oh, Michael Landon! (laughs) I have little house on the brain. Little house on the prairie. Who's got a chubby neck? Who's got a good neck you can think of? Me. I've also got a neck like that. I did. I looked at my arms. I'm like, those are like loaves of bread. Like there's no definition anymore. So I just call them my loaves now. Animal <gasps> or minerals? Bigger than a loaf yeah. of bread? Or yes. Smaller. I know. Mm. It's weird, but it happens. But you're hiking all the time and riding your bike like like no other. Yeah. What, yeah. Half like- an hour on flat river surfaces. Really? See, I picture you the- like Forrest Gump that you just... Ride in the morning, you come Keep home, going. then you go ride again yeah. in the afternoon. Just 
No. Sometimes, but it's been so flipping hot lately. Have you noticed? Yeah, super hot. It's super hot. Yeah, it's made the motivation a little less than interesting. I know. What? Hello. <laughs> that didn't make sense. <laughs> We're sponsored by the Homeschool Buyers Co-op. Keeping my kids busy and on track with school has been overwhelming. There are a million choices online. That's why I'm so excited to find the Homeschool Buyers Co-op. They've done the work for me, researching and listing the best curriculum organized by grade level. And because of their large buying power, I get up to 90% off retail prices. They even have classifieds for used materials. So visit homeschoolbuyerscoop.org and use referral code WEANS to sign up for free and get 5,000 smart points towards your purchase. That's homeschoolbuyersco-op.org, referral code WEANS. Have fun. The Paychex Business Series with Gene Marks is bringing you business owners and experts like Rich Rowell of Facebook and Noah Breslow of OnDeck. Hear about today's top issues, business innovation, and the road to recovery. Listen at paychex.com slash business series. Now there are more ways to be a team with Microsoft Teams. Bring everyone together in one space with a new virtual room. Collaborate live, drawing, sharing, and building ideas with everyone on the same page. And make sure more of your team is seen and heard with up to 49 people on screen at once. Learn more about all the newest Teams features at Microsoft.com Teams. That's Microsoft.com Teams. So what are some things that you want to, uh, if you had two questions when you die, what would they be? If you would like to find out the answers to, or you want to find out what happened to your pink Converse, like myself. Mm. I lost my favorite pair of pink Converse when I was eight or nine. Wait, do you call them Converse? Yeah. Isn't it Converse? Potato, potato. Really? I don't know. Converse. I've never heard that. Converse. I think it's just a lazy way of saying it when you don't want to like punch up that tongue. Like like human. Um human? No. What would I want to know? Let's make this episode about near death experiences. I like those. Okay, let's just decide in the moment. How's that? Yeah. Um there are a lot of near death experiences. My favorite is from Nancy Rines, R Y N E S. Look her up. I think we will eventually have her as a guest on the show. Really? Says my um, intuition. Your future brain. Good. I like it. Yes. What's and her story? she was writing. She was an atheist. Her her little tagline is the atheist who went to heaven. Hmm. Although heaven scares a lot of people, that word and concept, and she still, you know, she calls it a spiritual place. She says, I don't have any other word for it, so I don't know what to call it. But she was writing. I think it was in Oregon. She was working as some kind of a very medical, uh, scientific job of doing whatever, writing for scientific journals or something. Mm -hmm. And she was riding her bicycle. She rides a bike on the weekends and was riding to go up into a trail. So it was on the road. It was kind of benign. She's done it a million times. And a woman was in a Bronco type vehicle and was texting and ran into her and ended up dragging her under the car for a while. Oh my God. When was this? She, I want to say 2012 or something. I don't know. Oh, recent. Okay. Fact check. This happened in 2014. And then, so she said right there, she all of a sudden was looking down at 
what she knew was her body but had no connection to it. But she watched uh, a man come over and then someone else come over and try to resuscitate her. And then a crowd gathered around her. And she goes, oh, that's me. That's my body. But why am I here? And she was watching everyone rush to her aid. And this is what I always some, hear. They can like float above their body. That's so crazy. Whoops. This is happens all the time in hospitals. But, you know, and some people go, oh, well, that's just your brain playing tricks where, you know, you're absorbing something and you might remember it later. But people can actually like float outside down the hallway and see that they're brother went and got a Snickers bar from the like stuff that nobody yes. else would know they could see what's in drawers and what people are saying yeah it happens I've I've watched over probably I don't know 400 of these because I'm fascinated by it and <laughs> read books it. and I yeah so she all of a sudden there's this whooshing feeling and she goes back into her body and then the next thing she knows she's in the hospital and they tell her you know she's in I don't know if it's traction or she must have been in the emergency room and she had all these, you know, broken bones everywhere uh. in her body and her spine and everything. It was awful. And the anesthesiologist gave her too much, I believe, and she died again. No. And Or, no, she found out she was allergic to it. That's what it was, which happens in a lot of these stories, by the way. Near-death experiences is a lot of times people don't know they're allergic to the stuff they're getting. Wow. And they will die. And so then she goes on this whole journey and um, you can find out in more detail. But basically she was met by these like a woman who you can't really hear the voice, but she was downloaded information about like what is the purpose of her life and how some of the secrets of the universe. And it was this translucent figure like silvery and tall. And it was the greatest feeling of peace and love and had like a little life review, which you hear about a lot. And then like basically your life came back. Flashes in front of you kind of thing. You see your whole life. Yeah, a lot of people will see, this was a common thing, is that you'll see the pain that you've caused other people. You will feel like if you were mean to someone, you feel what they felt. Hmm. And if I remember one story was this guy who... He, like, released a can of bees on someone and thought it was funny, and the bees stung that person. And then he said he felt all those bee stings. Oh. And it, everything happens in an instant. What? So, you, yeah, so you're Whoa. feeling all this. It's They say that there's no time. There's no linear time like we have on Earth. There's this, like, all at once you're being given information. So who knows how long it really was, if it was seconds, if it, you know, but it feels like they could be up there for hours days nobody knows but then they might have only died for three minutes you know wow and uh yeah so she came back and wrote a book about her experience and her whole mission and this is really common that you quit your job like if if it was an unsatisfying job most most of the times people quit and they'll end up doing more volunteer work or more service oriented work or they'll write books and their whole mission is to share the message that they got and mostly it's that we're here on earth to love each other and to help each other out. And it's all about the stuff that we know Yeah, somewhere at the basis of most the golden spiritual rule. teachings. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. when she came back, did she say, I was told to tell people this? Like, is it kind of yes. this, like, this is your mission? Or was it just yeah. that's how she 
she felt like doing that? No, they said that she goes, I want to stay here. I think her story was that she wanted to stay. Most people don't want to go back because it's so wonderful. Mm. And then they oftentimes, whoever that they is, if it's a being, a lot of people see beings, a lot of people see Jesus or Buddha or their grandma or someone they don't know. But a lot of people see these translucent beings. That's common. Really? And a lot of them get the message that you're not ready to go and you need to go back and spread this word. In her case, it was to spread the message of love. And so she quit her job and started painting. And she has gorgeous oil paintings of nature and some people. It's really cool. Nancy Rines, R-Y-N-E-S. I'm not getting a kickback from her. I just really like this woman because she's really straightforward and I believe her implicitly. She's really cool. Oh my and, gosh. Um, so what would a what would a naysayer say to her? Like what I well, wonder what kind of arguments she's A good against. friend of mine is a naysayer because oh. I always tell the story of her and I'm like, watch this video. She's awesome. Um but is well, when you die, your brain releases a chemical called DMT, which they call it's a drug that they've now been able to synthesize. like, you know, in the drug world, they can synthesize this and people take it and you can go on this drug trip, mm-hmm. hallucinatory, and it's called the ego death. It's the chemicals that get, get released before you die. So mm. that is a theory that you're brain is doing a weird thing where you think that you died and come back but all these people who they're like yeah I've taken drugs I know what it's like to go on a mushroom trip or a LSD trip or whatever mm-hmm. and for some reason with this kind of trip they can recall it they can recall it for the rest of their lives exactly how it happened they don't lose any memory of it what and they could recall really? it as if it happened yesterday <gasps> and it's so real that it's inexplicable, but you kind of are going on faith of you have to believe these people. But I've watched so many of them that mm-hmm. Do I the- thought it was my cat rubbing up against me, and it's just the blanket that's over my head that I touched <laughs> with my leg, and I started petting it, and I realized it's the <laughs> blanket on my leg. Now he's losing it. Oh. oh, it's the heat. <laughs> now wait. Anyway, can can you tell me this? The people who have taken the drugs. Do they have the perfect memory of their drug trip the same way? No, that that was the difference that a lot of people say is we have taken drugs, but we also died. And this is nothing like that because you can recall every second of what happened and you can recall it 30 years from the time. it. I mean, when you actually watch this stuff, you'll see people oftentimes they start crying because and they go, I'm sorry, it's the most emotional thing. uh, And it's like you can tell, you know, I might... Mm. I'm a good judge of character, I think, and acting and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I could tell when people are fake acting. My friend sent me the show called Dating or something, and she was like, no, it's real. These people, they go out on dates, and it's their first date, and this and that. And it looks as if it's very real. But I could tell when people are acting, and then I looked it up and researched, and those people were all secretly buried on the Internet, had acting resumes somewhere. See? So, by the way, look at that show. It's not real. Ooh. But I can tell. These people are real. You should start a detective real. agency for that exact thing. I can tell. The only ones that are tricky are the sociopaths and psychopaths. Those oh. are a little bit harder to detect. Although not really. They're kind of, they end up blowing their cover. Anyway, no, you, you got their number now. You know. Yeah. I wow. can detect, sniff out those rats. So, anyway... <laughs> 
That's like, crazy. Still, yeah. What do you think? I love it. I love the concept of it. I don't know as much as you do about it. I do. I did watch the video from Anita Norjani. Is that her name? Mm-hmm. And it was a TED Talk. And I loved it. And I wrote down her five messages of of what she brought back to. She um, died, yeah. Yeah. Should I look them up really quick? Well, we are going to be doing a documentary, sister, on this subject, as well as other areas of death. You put it out there. Relationship is. Yeah, we put it out. I mean, we're going to do it. And we already have a couple interviews that are ready when this COVID passes. And and so it would be nice to look at death in our culture. What is our relationship to death? Right. And get some of these people's stories and also, you know. Right. Other things. I love which it. We won't reveal. See? Watch the documentary. <laughs> Yay. I know. All right. Yeah. I just looked up Anita Morjani. Uh, she wrote a few books. Oh, it doesn't have a nice tight list here, but I'll take a picture of mine. I'll post okay. it on social media. But basically, it's joy and love and laugh a lot and don't live in fear. You know, it's kind of all those same tenets of of just be real, you know, which I love. And I just keep it at my yeah. desk because when you have those moments, it's nice to look at. And um, I have those moments a lot lately where right? I know all this stuff of what I could be doing. or But it's hard to conjure up a feeling of joy. And for me, at least in this pandemic, when life is like Groundhog's Day, it's a little rough. It's hard. I will just say. I know. You because can only... so much inspiration comes from other people and experiences. Right. And you're an empath. You need that energy from other people, I think, to to yeah. get moving and get ideas. Yeah, for sure. And you can only watch so many comedies to lighten things up, too. You know, it's just like, oh, okay. But I know. it is important to laugh. I don't know. It's a good thing. I We watched yeah. uh, Will Ferrell in... That new Eurovision movie. Oh, yeah. What'd you think? <laughs> I just love him. I think he's so funny. Aww. I mean, it's kind of a dorky movie, but what do you expect? And the kids loved it. And if we can find anything that the whole family can watch and laugh at, it's pretty it's great. Like a miracle. Yeah. yeah. No more Adam Sandler. You put on that Don't Mess with the Zohan and it got a little saucy for the uh, kids, huh? Zohan. <laughs> Sandler. What are you doing, dude? I thought he was like this nice dad. It's all about... The sex jokes. And he was like doing all the ladies' hair with the shampoo squirting and then romping around in the bathroom. It was so embarrassing. That's when we had our little family over. You were there. (laughs) It's awful. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Would you have done it if you were with your family alone? Would you have pushed through? Was it? No, I would have shut it off right away. But I was like, I don't want to be the prude one. So I was letting it go a little long. But then I think they were thinking the same thing. So we were all uncomfortably watching it, even though we all wanted to I was to the one that, I was like, do you want me to turn this off? Because everyone was like, no, it's okay if you want to. No, I mean, only if you want to. I was like, do you guys just want this off? Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> you were finally so funny. the plug. Yeah. Sandler. Hilarious. Oh, now, I God. can't tell, because I would think, well, Toby, I feel like is far, he's 14, and he yeah. seems to be beyond, like, he can handle it, right? Yeah. Or is it still too weird right no he can handle it i think elliot can even handle it but like the poor other boy who was here was like i don't know if they've even had 
that much of the talk yet. Yeah, so. Oh, now you're bridging that with your friend having to, now they're going to have to go home and discuss what shampoo squirting on some old lady's face means. I know, <laughs> I know. Joel, how could you? I mean, I didn't know. I know, I'm kidding. It keeps happening too. Things keep coming up and you can't avoid it. It's like media. It's going to be out there, so. It's out there and it's available. I know. It's going to be interesting. I know. It is. All right. So anything else that you want to discuss? Where is your, you were talking about Poway as, well, wait, you might want to save that for the teaching episode. Are we? I may, yeah, we may do a whole episode on this, but yeah, our town, we talked about this in our episode 79 called Let's Talk About Race, but we mentioned my city that I live in, Poway, um, does have kind of this real, you know, white suburbia feeling and not super, um, I don't know, diverse, I guess, but, but then again, it kind of is, but apparently there's a lot of racism going on behind the scenes. And so well, they, also you live right by Santee, which is a huge white power KKK place. Yes, no? Right. Yeah. Like Ramona. Uh huh. Yep. We, so that's over the hill, but right over the hills, there's like, I don't know what it is, but there's some sort of thing going on over there. It's like the meth capital of San Diego and it's. KKK, white supremacy, all these weird, terrible, you know. terrible groups. Yeah, yes. and and every once in a while they'll go on a spree and spray paint swastikas in our town and and I mean and it may even where be on, is it targeted towards people? Oh yeah, on random? synagogues. Yeah. Oh jeez. Because we have a bunch of churches right here too, and synagogues like all these multi faith centers, and then that's where um, you had the shooting, by the way. The we had the shooting yeah. in the synagogue. Yep. Yep. And like but that ago. kid, that kid was from a local little neighborhood on this side yeah. of the hill. So you can't just say, but he was, um, I think, uh, what's the word when they get in, uh, yeah, yeah, turn yeah. you uh, on the fundamentalist, internet. but well, he was groomed from the internet or whatever. What am I trying to say? Yeah. Indoctrinated into a yeah. easy. Thank you. Yeah. I so remember the name. Anyway, it's around, and they created this Instagram page. So if anyone wants to go see it, it's called Black in PUSD, which stands for Poway Unified School District. Black in PUSD on Instagram. And it's an anonymous place where you can click the link and fill out the form. It's a Google form that's anonymous. And just write down your experiences of anything that's happened in a Poway school to you or that you know of, or if you're a teacher or a parent, whatever. And... Um, then they can turn around and post it without your name and it's crazy the stories that are on there it's so sad it's like teachers are doing it students are doing it to each other and I'm sure it's nothing new I'm sure people have had to deal with it but just when you feel like oh we live in such a nice sweet safe town but then you see the stories that are actually happening here it's heartbreaking so it's but it's been Mm. good because I we pass the phone around and read the different things that kids are saying and then we talk about it you know the 13 year old and 14 year old with the kids Mm -hmm. and you know just like what do you guys think about that you know and it's not just black it's also branched out to be like you know religion like oh yeah i'm I'm muslim or i'm asian and people say this to me and so i want to counter your feelings of mom shame with the fact that you're really very good about you've been really great about doing things like that you've been 
what is your other you've been taking the kids you're doing meals on wheels where you take the kids and you're taking them to black communities right yeah i haven't am i wrong or well i haven't branched out off my little route yet but that's the plan because you just started right yeah but it's kind of cute even in our area we have you know i think we have one of every color of the rainbow we have a little asian lady we have a little indian lady we have a black lady we have an old white guy we have an old black guy so we're we're serving meals to all sorts of people just here so it is nice and the kids are helping so meals on wheels go go do that people could volunteer right away i called to do it also and then i started this crazy schooling which is taking over it's like a full-time job but um as soon as that's over you could volunteer even one day a week from like eight o'clock till 12 or they give you a little window Mm -hmm. that they're just so desperate for people like my route is just from 10 to 12 it's real quick Wow. Depending on the day and how many meals, but it's super easy and sweet. And, you know, we do the social distance thing. We mask up and we're very, very safe and put it in a little sterile bag and leave it on their handle. But then you do a well check. You kind of make sure they come to the door and you say hello and you kind of peek around if you can and say, how's everything doing? Are all three kids going with you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And That's Dave so comes. Sweet. Dave's the driver. He like has his little route mapped out. It's cute. It's a really nice family thing we do on the weekends. And um, and it's wonderful because I think these people, you know, a lot of times this is maybe the only interaction they have. And, geez, for me, this is the only interaction I have. I'm not You're loving it. Either. They're like, get this lady off my porch. She keeps I telling know. me things. Like, so <gasps> tell me. Are you oh interested in, can I interview you for a podcast? No. Yeah. Uh, it's but it's podcast. sweet. And then they see the kids, and I think that's cute, too. So they ask them, how's everything going? But it's kind of cute, too, oh. because some of them, like, they must have memory issues, too, because they forget, like, and they ask the same questions each time. And so we walk away from the door, and the kids are like, but I told them that last time. <laughs> like, oh. well, you know, they're, and so it just leads to all these conversations. So I am trying to expose them to different things and this is great you're actually showing up and doing it though and that's what i want to commend you for and you're taking the kids and you're and you're also doing it with the democratic uh what is the thank you you should put this stuff because this is all my friends yeah that i was with that day they were like how do we get a link to that how do we sign up what is it you know who i i posted something about it as a response on a tweet and I follow, do you know the show Baskets? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the Zach, best show ever. Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. He's great. He plays this clown, but it's kind of like this dark comedy. And Louis Anderson's in it. It's so good. It's like my favorite show. It's so on good. FX. Um, look it up. But the friend of his uh, is played by Martha Kelly, and she's a comedian. She plays Chip Baskets, kind of not love interest, but they're friends. But I think. She likes him, but he keeps dismissing her anyway. They're really cute. And she's very sweet, and she's kind of, like, mousy and quiet. And what else has she been in? Do you know who she is? Yeah, I do. I can't remember. I did see her in something recently, but I think it was off of the Baskets fame. She's popped up in a couple things. Right, yeah. But she was a comedian for a long time. I think she's been in other things. Yeah, yeah, she's great. So anyway, so I um, followed her, and (laughs) she was posting about, you know, just the state of politics right now and how much she hates everything and she feels like she Trump. Can, she feels I'll say it. You don't have to say anything. Okay. Trump. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm trying to be nonpartisan here, but truth is, everybody, partisan. he's a f- moron. It's awful. He's just so lunatic. 
awful. And anyway, so I wrote back and said, you know, something I did to feel better about stuff is to do this postcards to voters.org. Just sign up there. And while you watch TV at night or watch movies at night, you can just write postcards and they go out to underrepresented counties where people may not be able to get to the polling booths. And this way they can request a mail-in ballot. A mail-in ballot gets sent to them. They can fill it out, mail it back. Voila, done. And these are counties that if uh, people can flip it blue, it might actually help Democrats win. So Yay. it feels good. And I've sent out a ton of postcards. And then so Martha Kelly wrote back and she goes, thank you. I'm going to do it. So even Martha wow. Kelly's going to do it. <laughs> so Yay. we're affecting the world, Weens. She's awesome. Me. You guys have to. I'm sorry, but I would do whatever she would want us to do, too, because she's great. Yeah. She's the best like deadpan oh, hilarious lover. actress and comedian yeah a self-professed like cat lover cat lady she I posts love it. stuff about her cat and her dog all the time but then love it. she goes off on trump and all this stuff so just follow her on twitter she's hilarious martha kelly and um yeah it's good so hey, those are my Joe. little okay, causes so, that keep me busy. And, and I know can we, where do we put the shout out? Can you say what the link is or how we find it right now? Or do you have to put it on the website? Muscle yeah, I'll do that. I'll post everything that we're talking about today on our show notes. But that is postcards to voters.org. So I don't just, know if people even know how to go to the show notes. Do they? Am I the only one that's oh, dumb? No. Maybe? Okay, everyone, here's how you go to the show notes. Go to mouseandweens.com and then look at the top of that page. And then you'll find the words show notes. And you click it, and then it has all of our show notes from all the episodes. So look it up by title of episode, and it's kind of like a okay. blog. Like you click each title, and then it opens up the whole article, kind of. And that's where everything yeah. is posted. And I usually, all the, all the big links I try to put in our um, episode notes on whatever player you're listening to this on. So if you look at your Apple podcast right now and click more information, it should open up with all the words about this episode because okay. I'm like the little ADD just get me there and hear the content so I just find where you could push play and I wouldn't I don't really look at all this stuff unless it happens to be right below where you push play right okay otherwise I don't click on anything else but that's just me and, and I'm the nerd that reads the article from top to bottom see? and looks Good at all the you. fine print and all the corners and clicks and that's around. why you are where you are and that's why I've where taken am a I I'm in my closet with a microphone and you're under I'm a blanket in, with your I'm microphone. under a blanket <laughs> in a 112 cottage in the middle of uh, yeah. the armpit of you know what LA could be nice no you live in a lovely home and you have a lovely you. yard by a lovely river with lovely friends you have a great spot thank you and you can uh, walk to all your awesome places it's great so you can always look at the bad, or you can always look at the good. <laughs> it's all your choice. Choose wisely, so you can make your life better when you're sitting under a hot, hot blanket, middle of summer. Life is good. Ethel Merman, uh, is that you? Yes. Oh, I'm the spirit. I don't know how she talks, but this kind of sounds like Catherine Hepburn from Golden Pond. Just kidding. <laughs> Oh, Lord, oh, Lord. No, I it's thought that funny. was your Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend friend. Diamonds Are a Girl's Just Carol Channing. <laughs> What's wrong with this place? <laughs> Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. <laughs> That's a whole different person. I mean, I saw her in the, at the Hotel Carlisle in New York. Ooh. And uh, I was walking in. I was fresh in New York in 1997 or something. And I. 
I had heard Woody Allen was going to be playing with his band. I thought that was so cool that I could just go and pop into a hotel bar and see <sighs> Woody Allen playing. And I was walking into the Hotel Carlisle, and it's beautiful. And it's kind of an iconic place where a lot of famous people have played jazz and whatnots and so forth. And I walk, and guess what I see? A lovely gentleman dressed to the nines who's really young, I'm guessing probably gay, and holding Carol Channing on his arm, who's dressed in this luxurious outfit. And she looks around and goes, what's wrong with this place? (laughs) And then walks out. I was like, wow, (laughs) I've arrived in New York City. (laughs) It was so dumb, but I'll always remember that and that voice. And she was just annoyed. (laughs) (laughs) And then I went in and I sat and I was going to watch Woody Allen's band. I'm like, this is the best thing. You just pop in and see Woody Allen playing clarinet. with his. And then they're like, you have to have a two-drink minimum. I'm like, no problem. I had no money. Ugh. And then I got two glasses of champagne. I thought it was a real classy broad. <laughs> and the bill came, 1997, $45. No. That's how they get you. Wiped you out for the week. Oh. Yeah. Woody. Well, did he show up? I, uh. I pushed him and created a distraction and ran after I drank the glasses of champagne. No. I couldn't afford to pay the bill. <gasps> you yeah. did a dining no, ditch? Didn't. Did you I'm really? just kidding. No, I probably paid it, but but wouldn't that have I been a I don't think you're story? kidding. I think you really I, did. Maybe I'm not. It, you just would never know with me. I'm you just realized character. that you put yeah, yourself in the materials. <laughs> <laughs> distract, distract. Hotel Carlisle. Distract. 1991. Hotel Carlisle, ladies and gentlemen. Someone's going to find you. Oh. Do you remember going to New York real fast? Yeah, no, I remember our celebrity stories that go nowhere. Celebrity stories that go nowhere. Ding. We had our George Went story. George we Wendt had our, our uh, Kid Rock story there. Kid Rock looked like a Hungarian tourist. We That's ran right. into him, yes. That was exciting. We, um, yeah. I kept seeing, oh, what's his name? Gabriel. Gabriel Byrne. Byrne. Every Wait a second, that's my sighting. No, I, I see, see Gabriel him. Byrne in LA all the time. Really? See, yes, I used to see him every time I'd visit this? you in New York. I would see him filming on the corner or up on a crane. Yeah, he would be here in LA. I see that's weird. We both have Gabriel Byrne sight. Why did we never talk about this? <laughs> I don't know. What does it mean? What is his purpose? Ooh, let's in tie our it back. Lives. Near death experience. If he shows up okay, after let's... I pass over, then we'll know. Oh. He's a sign of something. And why is he in both of our lives constantly? I've seen him five times in L.A., just, you know, at Starbucks once, sitting on the corner, saw him filming something else. And I think I saw him. Did I only visit you twice? I might have just visited you twice in New York, but I saw him both times. And I was like, oh, there's that guy again. Gabriel What is with this guy? What if it's one of our long lost relatives that's in a Gabriel Byrne suit? (gasps) If you guys don't know who he is, he He was in the- kind of like Grandpa Al. Could be him. Yeah, he was in the movie Usual Suspects, The Usual Suspects with, uh, you know, Benicio Del Toro was in that, Gabriel Byrne, and Kevin Spacey was the big, that was the Kaiser Soze Mm, movie. Do you remember? I do. I need to see it again. Okay, great. Let's close it out. I'm about (laughs) to uh, pass out. All right. Well, should we throw in one more uh, celebrity uh, story that goes nowhere? Sure. Okay, let's do that here. Okay. Celebrities that go nowhere. Okay, what is your name? My name is Sage Orvis. Okay. All right, great. So, um, this was in high school. I was on something called the father-daughter ski trip where a bunch of fathers from my high school take their daughters on a ski trip. Pretty self-explanatory. 
And my friend um, was on the ski team at the place that we were at, so she has the connections. So one day we're skiing around, time for lunch, and she asks if we want to go to the super exclusive secret restaurant at the resort. So of course we say yes, and we go, and as we're taking our boots off, we see the boots of a Jonas brother. And we're like, holy shit, is that, am I allowed to swear on this, yeah, this yeah, podcast? Yeah. Okay, holy shit, Jonas Brothers are at this restaurant right now. How did you see that they were Jonas Brothers boots? Well, because you have to write the name of your boot on the boots since they're all rentals and they all look the same. And one of them said, like, Joe Jonas. And we're like, wow, first of all, bold to just put your real name on there. But second of all, this is very exciting. So we go into the restaurant and lo and behold, there, uh, Kevin and Joe Jonas are eating lunch. We don't know where Nick is, he's doing his own thing. Um, but because we're in like a nice restaurant, we want to be respectful and not like go up to them or anything. So I just watch them eat their lunch and get their food until I go to use the restroom and it's a unisex restroom. And as I walk out, who's next in line but none other than Joe Jonas, who I hold the door open for. Uh, our butts touch the same seat is all I have to say. And that is my celebrity story. So basically Joe Jonas is a seat sitter. Well, I don't know for sure. That's but that's, that's the fantasy that's that you have. And I, I don't want to take that away from you. That's beautiful. Thank you, Sage. Thank you for listening to Mouse and Weens. You can find all of our stuff at mouseandweens.com. That's where our show notes will be. Please follow us on all the social media at Mouse and Weens. You need to spell it out. Thank you for our patrons and a big special shout out to Unpredictably Us podcast with Christy and Athena. They're amazing. They're two women going through life's adventures and they never know where it's going to take them. And we just love them very much. So Unpredictably Us. Please visit our Patreon to get this episode without any ads. And that is patreon.com slash mouseandweens. And do consider volunteering Meals on Wheels. Would love you. Postcards to voters.org would love you and anything that helps the world be a better place. We love you. Bye, everybody. We love you. Skiing, riding, sledding. No matter how you Vermont, please Vermont safely. Cross-country skiing, snowshoeing, snowmobiling, snowman building. This year, that means a seven-day home quarantine with a negative COVID-19 test or other travel guidelines. Ice skating, ice cream eating. So we can all Vermont safely this year. Dining, antiquing, shopping, fireside napping. For full COVID-19 travel guidance, visit vermontvacation.com.